Thank you for listening to the River's Edge Church podcast. We believe God has a place for you to belong, people to be in community with, and a purpose for you to fulfill. Now let's listen to today's message. Father, I just thank you this morning for your word. Father, I ask you to help um, help me deliver the thoughts that are in my heart and my spirit this morning to your people as we continue on this series, The Centurion's Faith. And Father, I pray that um, you would custom tailor my words by the Holy Spirit, that each person receives what they need to receive. And Father, I recognize that ultimately I am not the teacher, but the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. So I yield to you this morning. I thank you that you desire to give us revelation of your word, that our lives would change and transform in, in ways beyond what we can imagine. So I invite you this morning, Holy Spirit, speak to us, minister to us, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, last week I kind of went on a, a, a bit of a, a rabbit trail. I went on a bit of a rabbit trail last week, and um, I don't know who that ended up being for, but if it was for you, I'm, I'm really glad. And so I, I kind of didn't finish all my thoughts about the topic that we were talking on, so I'm going to try to jump back in. And so some of this might seem like it's repeat, um, but it'll be just as good the second time, right? Because how many of you ever read your Bible and then gone back and read the same verse four years later, and it's like you never saw it before? Well, just pretend like you never heard this before. Anyway, so Matthew chapter 8, um, verses 5 through 13, we've been studying and looking at the centurion servant. It says, now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him saying, Lord, my servant, we determined it a couple weeks ago that was probably actually his son, is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel, and I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into utter darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Last week we established two things. One, that our words are powerful, and that two, that our words reveal our heart. Jesus knew what the centurion believed based on what he spoke. Jesus knew what the centurion believed based on what he spoke. His faith revealed his words. It was what he said that revealed to Jesus that he had faith for his son or servant to be healed. Let's look at the words again. It, again, it says, the centurion answered, verse 8, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. But only speak a word and my servant will be healed, for I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to this one, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, 
he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. So we know that the, the centurion spoke, he said, and Jesus heard. And it was based on what Jesus heard that gave Jesus the understanding that this centurion had faith. And that is what Jesus responded to. Jesus wasn't respond, didn't respond or wasn't moved by who the centurion was. Sometimes I think that we think that God moves for certain people because of who they are. And we think that God won't move for us the same way he moves for other people. But Jesus didn't move based on who the centurion was. Jesus wasn't moved by the centurion's situation. Sometimes I think when, when we pray, we pray in such a way that we paint the worst picture possible for Jesus so that maybe Jesus will move on how bad our situation is. But Jesus isn't moved by how bad your situation is. He's not. We like to think he is. But he's not moved by how bad our situation is. Jesus is moved by our faith. This man spoke and Jesus heard it. And based on what he spoke and what he heard, Jesus moved because what he spoke revealed his faith that Jesus was able. See, you need to realize that there's a verse in your Bible, it's Acts 10.34. And Acts 10.34, I didn't give you guys to put it up because I'm just going to mention it. Acts 10.34 tells us that God is not a respecter of persons. You know what that means? It means that God doesn't look at you and go, I'm going to treat you different than this other person because I like them better. God doesn't treat me better because of who I am. Well, of course God speaks to you, pastor. You're the pastor. He's not going to speak to me. That's a lie. That's a lie. I know lots of people who are not pastors that hear God way better than I do. See, God is in respect of persons. He's not going to look at one person and say, I'm going to do it for them, but I'm not going to do it for you. Because it's just something about you that ticks me off. Okay, that's just not the way God is. It's just not the way he is. And you know what? He, he's not moved by your circumstances. Sometimes I think that, that we think that our circumstances, if our circumstances get big enough and bad enough, then maybe God will do something. But God's not moved by your circumstance. He's moved by your faith. God is moved by your faith. And the sooner we realize that God is moved by our faith, not by our circumstances, not because of who we are, the better off we're going to be. Let me show it to you. Matthew 9, 20 through 22. The woman at the issue of blood. It says this. It says, suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment, Jesus' garment. For she said... Do you see that? For she said to herself, 
If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith, your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that very hour. It doesn't say that Jesus looked at the poor woman and thought, Oh, you've been sick for 12 years. That's a long time. I should probably do something for you doesn't say it now we like to read stuff in to the bible that's not there and make it think make us think that that's what it was but this woman was healed by her faith she said if i could only touch the hem of his garment i'm gonna be made well and you know what she was and how did jesus say she was made well by her faith then luke chapter 18 verses 35 through 42 it says, then it happened as he, Jesus, coming near to Jericho, that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. And hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he cried out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then those who went before him, that he, then those who went before him warned him that he should be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him, saying, What do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. Hmm. He calls out to Jesus, and Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do? Can I tell you, there's a whole lot of people who would love to have Jesus do something for them, but if Jesus asked you the question, what do you want me to do, you'd go, um, 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 and like looking at the menu at Taco Bell. Do I want a chalupa? Do I want a quesadilla? Do I want a double crunch wrap supreme? What do I want? Do I want the new platter of nachos? Yes, I want the platter of nachos. How do I know that? Because there was a season in our life where every Wednesday night before we did youth ministry, our kids got Taco Bell. And can I tell you, that chicken quesadilla is just tasty. It's tasty. And now I got other favorite places, but I knew you'd all track with me with the whole uh, Taco Bell thing. And I'm just curious, Diana, how you know. All the stuff I said was on the menu. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. uh, give me that double crunch wrap supreme. Mm. Uh, see, Jesus, Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. See, in both these situations, the woman with the issue of blood, the blind man, Jesus wasn't moved by their circumstances. He wasn't moved by their circumstances. He was moved by their faith. And their faith was revealed by what they spoke. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Hey, bro, what do you want? That I would have my sight as you've believed. See, we need to realize 
that God moves by our faith and what we speak reveals our faith. What we speak reveals our faith. It reveals what we believe. Your words always reveal what you believe. They always reveal what you believe. The problem is, is too many people, they hear what comes out of their mouth and they don't give any weight to it. They don't think about it. In fact, I'm pretty confident probably everybody in this room at some point said something that they really didn't want this week. But it revealed something that was on the inside of them. You know, last night we, we went over to Josh and Christie's. They had a bunch of young adults over, so we went over to hang out for a little bit. And I, I, I got convicted later after I left because I kept telling, them, telling Josh how tired I was. Well, it's no wonder I wanted to go to bed at 8.30. You keep saying you're tired all the time, right? It's just revealing a belief that you have. Oh, I'm so tired. I'm so wore out. I'm exhausted. I'm probably going to get sick. I'm never going to get a raise. My boss likes everybody else but me. Revealing things that are in your heart. And we do it all the time. But we don't think about it. You know what? Jesus thinks a lot about your words. Thinks a lot about your words. You know, Matthew 12, we looked at this verse last week as well. Matthew 12, 33 through 36, it says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things, and an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bring forth, brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. Wow. Pastor, are you saying that when I stand before Jesus, He's going to stack up my words and say, okay, let's talk about this. That's exactly what I'm saying. And you know what I think is going to happen? We're going to get up there. We're going to be standing before Jesus, and all of a sudden we're going to have a revelation of all the things that we spoke and we created with our mouths that we didn't really want. And he's going to go, I showed you in my word something contrary to this, but you kept doing it anyway. But at the same time, he's going to look at it and go, look at what you created with your mouth. You realize you received this miracle by what you said. You received this by what you said. This came to pass by what you said. Hmm, I don't know who this is for, but I, can I tell you that children are a blessing from the Lord? Can I tell you they don't always feel like a blessing? But it doesn't change the fact that the Word of God tells us that children are a blessing of the Lord. And you can either say that children are a blessing from the Lord, or you can call them a cursing. And can I tell you, you will get what you say. I know some people, they had two kids. One kid they doted about all the time and talked about how wonderful and awesome they were. The other one they called a little devil. Can I tell you, that's exactly what they got. One that was just a blessing and easygoing and didn't cause any issues, and the other one that drove them up the wall. 
by all the trouble they caused. And it was simply by what they spoke. They created it. Can I tell you, you are creating things by what you speak. And this is not where I was planning on going today. I don't know why this keeps happening. Probably that prayer, Holy Ghost, you'd lead, I'll follow. But, but we need to realize that when we speak, we're revealing our heart. This is so important that we get this. Because what is in your heart will come out your mouth. What is in your heart will come out your mouth. Can I tell you, if you're ever around me and you, you, like, you, know, you put me down, right? You know how people do that? You know how hard it is for me to stay on the stage? It's so hard. <laughs> I'm not a good social distancer. Oh, my family's right here. I'll go to them. Ah, oh, this feels better. But do you know, have you ever had somebody do this to you? You're so stupid. Oh, I'm just kidding. Right? They make the little digs at you. Oh, I'm just kidding. Do you know what I do? I go, I know how you really feel about me. Because the Bible tells me out of the abundance of heart your mouth speaks, and you're trying to cover it up by saying, I'm just kidding, it's just a joke. But it's not really a joke. Because you're revealing your heart and you don't even know it. But I learned a long time ago that people reveal their heart with what they say all the time, and so I pay close attention to it. People say things like, you drive me crazy. Really? You're losing your mental capacities based on what I do. Well, that's what you're saying. That's what your belief is. See, it's subtle. Subtle little ways things come out of our mouth of things that we have stored up in our heart and we don't even know that we're doing it because we don't pay attention to our words. People will reveal who they are by the things that they speak. And we do the same thing. We reveal by what we speak. So what do we do about this? About what we speak? Well, Proverbs 4.23 has great wisdom for us. And this is what it says. It says, guard, this is out of the New Living Translation, guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else. You, we, we guard our bank account. We guard our house. Right? We put alarm systems in our houses. We guard our house. We buy a, a Rottweiler or a Doberman pincer. We put them in the backyard. We guard lots of things, but how many of us ever think about guarding our heart? See, the reality is that if you're going to ever change what you speak, you've got to guard your heart because things will come in and it'll corrupt your heart and then it'll come out of your mouth. And a lot of times we get our hearts corrupted because of things that people spoke into us or spoke over us and we haven't had the common sense to go, you know what, I don't believe that anymore. I need to make a change there. See, we need to control what we allow into our heart. You know, we have a, 
we have a, a kind of a rule in, in, in our house. It's kind of a, it's a personal rule for me. I do not watch horror movies. I don't do it. And do you know why? Because Timothy tells us that God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And you know what I found is that horror movies, they birth a spirit of fear. So if God's not giving me a spirit of fear, why would I open a door to a spirit that's not of God? And let those things come in and affect my heart. I used to challenge teenagers on this all the time. Does it have teenagers? PJ, that's what they used to call me. PJ, I can't sleep. You pray, well, what's going on? I don't know. I went to the movies with my friends last night. I saw this movie. No, 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 no. I said, well, why'd you go see that? Well, because everybody else was doing it. So? See what you got now? See, we don't guard our hearts. We let little things come in, right? Me, personally, I'm kind of an aviation buff. I find it fascinating. And so I'll watch shows like Air Disasters, right? Now, for some of you, if you watched Air Disasters, you'd never hop on an airplane again. I watch Air Disasters and go, wow, that's really cool. It's really cool that they can figure out what happened and all the individual things that happened to make that plane fall out of the sky. You realize it's never one thing that makes a plane fall out of the sky. It's like 16 things that all happened at the same time in just a rare freak accident. So it doesn't bother me to watch that. But if it did, and it kept me from getting on an airplane, I would stop watching it. Why? Because it's affecting my heart. Can I tell <laughs> Can I tell you that some of you need to stop the COVID report? Because it's affecting your heart. You hear it again and again and again and again. Oh, 17, 17 more people died today. And, and I'm not making light of that. That's tragic. I hate to see people die prematurely. It's just not right. It's a sad thing. But do I have to dwell on it? Do I have to dwell that there were 62,000 new cases in the United States today? Or whatever the number is? And yet some people, they just keep putting it in, and they keep putting it in, and they keep putting it in, and they're just getting this fear on them. They're scared to do anything. Because it's going to get them. Can I tell you? We've got to guard our heart. We've got to guard it. And there's just so many little subtle ways that things come in and affect our heart. And we recognize it because all of a sudden we start speaking it. We start speaking it. Oh, can't get on an airplane. Airplanes fall out of the sky. They're not reliable. You know, there was 14 airline wrecks last year. 472 people died. Can't get on an airplane. The, statistic, the statistical odds are better you trip off a curb and die than die in an airplane. It's pretty close. But we get consumed with things. And I'm using those as natural examples, and I know you think it's kind of silly, but that's the reality is, is that we allow things to come in, and we let them take root in our heart, and then we start speaking them out. You know, it's funny because the centurion believed that Jesus could heal. 
a servant. Not based on who he was or the condition of the situation of his son or how his son even came into existence. He just believed that Jesus could do it. The woman with the issue of blood believed that if she could just get close enough to Jesus, that Jesus would heal her. He wouldn't have to say anything. He wouldn't have to do anything. If she could just just touch the, the edge of his garment, that she'd be well. The blind man sitting by the side of the road hears that Jesus is walking by. He's like, hey, Jesus, I know you can give me my sight. I'm over here. I don't know where you're at, but I'm over here. He stops and turns and goes, what do you want? Jesus, that I would see. And he received his sight. See, they had something stored up in their heart. That Jesus was the miracle worker. And they know Jesus could fix the problem. And that Jesus was the answer. Jesus could give the sight. Jesus could heal the condition. Jesus could heal the son who, not even in presence, but far away. And we see it revealed in the way they responded to Jesus about what they said about Jesus. And can I tell you that what you say about Jesus reveals what you believe about Jesus? If Jesus is your healer and it's in your heart that he's your healer, it will affect what you say. I love it because I make people uncomfortable in the realm of sickness and disease. Because people talk about getting sick and I look at them and go, it's against my religion to get sick. And they're like, what? Yeah, it's against my religion. I don't get sick. It doesn't happen. People are like, oh, you better not say that. You might get sick. I don't get sick. Because God gave me a revelation of his healing power, I don't know how many years ago, almost 20 years ago, over 20 years ago. And when I dealt with an issue in my heart, I stopped getting sick. And this was the issue in my heart, because this might help somebody. And I'll tell you the story. Some of you heard it, some of you haven't. We're in Bible school. We just finished the first year where they literally beat the Bible into your brain. And you're just getting Bible, 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 Bible. And what you're hearing about is faith and healing, faith and healing, faith and healing, faith and healing, faith and healing. God is for you, not against you. He's got goodness for you. And it's just, it's in you. And I knew what I believed. And yet one night, I was an operation manager for a retailer. I'm closing the store, and I feel a cold coming on. You ever felt those symptoms? Right? You can feel those symptoms coming on your flesh. And I could feel myself getting sick even though I knew what the Bible said. And this employee comes up to me, and in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the time, everybody was a believer, right? I mean, you know, you couldn't turn around without seeing somebody pray for somebody. It was crazy. They said, are you doing okay? I said, yeah. I feel a cold coming on. I'm getting sick. That's what I said. Now, I knew what the Bible said about healing. But you see what I just said? What I said was, 
what I feel in my body is my reality. And since I feel it in my body, I must be getting sick. And what's really interesting is they're like, oh, I'm sorry. And they gave me a hug. And then they walked away. I'll pray for you. The second they walked away, you know what the Holy Spirit said to me? Sorry, I'm supposed to social distance. The Holy Spirit said, if you didn't need that sympathy, you wouldn't have to be sick. And I went, ouch. <laughs> and in that moment, the Holy Spirit revealed to me that in the household I grew up into, I had very, two very hardworking parents. They worked very hard to provide for our family. And so you didn't get a lot of attention a lot of times. But when you got sick, you could, mom would take the day off and you could lay your head in mom's lap and she'd rub your head. And she'd make you the soup you wanted and dote on you and just give you the attention. And I had learned as a child that a great way to get love and attention was to be sick. In fact, a lot of times when I, if I was at school and I got sick, my grandma Agnes would come pick me up. And my grandma Agnes was the best. She'd pick me up. She'd have a paper bag lined with a plastic bag <laughs> sitting in the front seat of the car just in case. Actually, I used to get car sick a lot when I was young. She learned. <laughs> and she'd take me home and put me in the big recliner, and I had my blanket. had my blanket at grandma's house curl up in the blanket, and she would just dote on me and make sure I was okay. And I learned to equate that with being loved. And so I had developed a condition in my mind that, you know what, being sick is okay because it gets you love and attention. What a lousy reason to be sick. And in a moment, the Holy Spirit illuminated something that was in me deep in there. He said, if you didn't need that, if you're okay with who you are, if you're secure in who you were, if you realize that you're loved and you're accepted, you wouldn't have to have that anymore. You know what I did? <laughs> That's stupid. No, it's not what I did. I repented. I said, you know what, God, forgive me. I've allowed this all these years because I thought it was giving me something that I don't have to have because I have it from you. Can I tell you, that's when I stopped getting sick. And that's why I can look at you and say, I don't get sick. Why? Because God adjusted what was in my heart. I repented of it, got it right, and changed what I believed. And because I changed what I believe, I now changed what I say. And you can ask my family. There have been times in, in our household, everybody is sick. Zach gets it, and Megan gets it, and Emily gets it, and Mama gets it. And I'm like, I ain't getting it. And you know what? I'm not, being, I'm not bragging. It's just God gave me a revelation of why I allowed sickness in my life. And you know what? That's why I can say I don't get sick. 
Because I know that Jesus is my healer. I know that 1 Peter 2.24 is true, that by Jesus' stripes I was healed. It's a finished work. It's already been done. I just have to learn how to appropriate it. I have to learn how to appropriate it. I have to learn how to walk that out. And that's the case for all of us. But see, so few of us will pay attention to the words that we're speaking that are ultimately revealing what's in our heart. We have to be bold enough to believe what we say. You know, my, I've got, I, he's, he's a relative, but he's really a good friend, Phil Fortin. It's Janet's sister's husband. Amazing guy. I, Philip and I get together, and we talk the things of God for hours, and the rest of the family just rolls their eyes. Like, can you guys talk about anything else? You've been talking about that one scripture for like three days. But Philip said something to our children one time. He said this. He said, people will always reveal their true character. You just have to be bold enough to believe them. Can I tell you, you will reveal what's really in your heart. You just have to be bold enough to believe it. See, so many people, they just let things come out of their mouth, and they say, oh, I don't really believe that, I don't really believe that. But actually, it really is a revelation of what's in your heart. And the sooner you'd say, you know what, that alarms me that what I just said. And maybe I need to change what I'm speaking. And maybe I need to go deeper and change what is in my heart. You know, simple little things like, I don't have any friends. And kind of what you're saying is I'm not lovable. And so maybe there's some belief in there in your heart that you need to challenge. So that's my challenge to you this week, church. Listen to the words that you speak this week. No, really listen to them. And, and allow yourself to be in a relationship with people who will push back when you say something. That's one of the reasons I love Terry. Because Terry will... Terry, hear you say something, go, really, you want that? That's really what you want? He tells a great story about golfing. You should ask him about it sometime. <laughs> See, what's in our heart will come out our mouth. And we have to be bold enough to say, you know what? I don't like what just came out of my mouth, so I'm going to change what's in my heart. I'm going to change what's in my heart. Because here's the reality is, Faith that isn't changing what you speak doesn't have the strength to change your circumstances. I think I said it more eloquently in the, the quote I gave them. Did you guys have it? Yeah, if your faith isn't changing what you speak, it isn't changing your circumstances. If your faith isn't changing what you speak, it isn't changing your circumstances. I think that's enough. Yeah. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. And Father, I thank you that you have just made it clear to us in scripture that what we speak reveals our heart. And Father, I thank you that you've given us the ability to change what is in our heart and therefore change what we speak. Right now, I just pray, Father, for a supernatural sensitivity to everyone's ears this week. Father, that they would hear what they say out of their mouth with a new freshness.
Father, that they would hear the I can'ts. They will hear the it's not possible. They will hear the I'm not good enough. They will hear those things that they speak that are contrary to what they say that they believe. And Father, I pray for moments for them like I had all those years ago at Bible school. When you in an instant, by your spirit, just gave revelation to me. The thing that I believed, it kept me in a place I didn't want to be. fact that's you you you'd say you know what father god i want to i want a moment like you gave pastor all those years ago i want you to reveal some things that are in my heart that that i need to repent of and that i need to change god i want you to search my heart like like david said god search my heart and and know me you're here this morning and you would say that god I want you to search my heart. Reveal the things that I believe that are contrary to what your word says. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? Just an act of faith. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just pray for every single person that has a hand raised. God, I thank you that you would give them moments like I had that just in a moment things are revealed to them of places that they're not believing right and it's affecting their life. Father, I pray that you would just shine your truth into their situation. That you would illuminate the things in their heart. God, that they could repent of those things and and leave them and move forward in a greater degree of what you have for them. Father, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. You know, the first change in really having your heart illuminated is to really get your heart right with Jesus. The Bible tells us that he endured the cross and shame for it, the joy that was set before him. And I believe that somehow he saw us and we were the joy that was set before him when he endured the cross and shame. When he paid the price for our sin and our failure. When he paid the price to redeem us and draw us back into a relationship. So I just have to ask for everyone here, those online, where are you at with Jesus? Have you invited Jesus into your life? Have you accepted the sacrifice that he paid for your sin? The price that he paid to set your eternal destiny, to change and transform your life, not only in the life to come, but in this one. If you haven't, we want to pray with you. So if you're online, Right now, this morning, you can just uh, hit, hit, the, hit the button asking for prayer right now, and, and there'll be somebody to pray for you. But I just have to ask, is there anybody here that you know you need to get your heart right with Jesus this morning? You need to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin and come in and change and transform you. Is there anybody like that this morning?
Father, I just pray that if there's one person within the side of the sound of my voice, God, that needs to get their heart right, that needs to invite Jesus into their life and accept the sacrifice that he made for their sin and failure, Father God, that you would provide another opportunity. God, that you would bring to their remembrance the fact that Jesus died for them to redeem them and bring them into your family. And Father, I just thank you that you're faithful. God, I pray that your goodness is released in their life, drawing them to repentance. Father, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we would ask this morning that you hang out with us for a little while because we're going to do all the stuff that we're going to do. If you would like more information about Rivers Edge Church, please visit our website at visitriversedge.com or you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you for listening.